Hello, hello, my fellow leak mates. We are back with another podcast um, covering some wonky and crazy and fun things in the league. This week, I'm joined by the normal trifecta, Mr. Nick Ruth and Dan Weber. Uh, Nick, how are you doing? It's it's been a few it's been a it's few weeks. It's been a few weeks. It's been uh, sub zero here, and I've had to build a chicken coop so my chickens can get out of my basement. <laughs> so many questions. I guess the only important one is why. When your wife says she wants chickens, you get chickens. Done and done. And of course, Dan, how are you doing this week? Dude, it's fucking cold out, man. And it was a full moon this last week. All the crazies were out at work. I'm living in fantasy football world right now, and I'm rocking this super creepy mustache to raise men's cancer awareness. Um, so if you want to donate to Stand Up to Cancer, hit me up afterwards. <laughs> super uh, creepy mustache, by the way. It's oh, it's creepy. it's sketchy as shit. But, you know, I love your your salesman, or salesman side showing there, trying to get the, the donations. Major props to you for we, that. We, we care for people that are fighting for cancer, so we respect and back you all the way. <laughs> well, speaking of coldness, um, opposite of coldness is warmth. And we obviously had a new league member join this week, as many people know. And he's from Florida, so go fuck yourself, Armin, and welcome to the league. Um, he is taking over for Sean's team under construction. And, um, yeah, I guess just welcome to the league, and it's going to be... Uh, a fun ride i think talking with him a little bit and i don't know if anyone else has he seems like a pretty fun guy and very interested in fantasy football and you know we'll see what happens any any thoughts guys yeah i mean he got an orphan team it's yep. not pretty the quarterback situation a little ugly but you're taking over an orphan team with kamara Devonte adams cooper cup it could be worse yeah, you could be looking at Sam's roster right now, but I uh, know it's a big welcome to the league. It'll be fun to, uh, again, bring a different perspective into it and get a couple different different insights as to how you value trades and players in the position that you value most. And I, I, I like the dynamics that continue to happen in this league with the different personalities and players we have. I would agree with that. I'm very curious to see what happens with potential moves coming down for this team. and. How, what direction Armand or Armin or Armani or Saints brother-in-law? Brother <laughs> yes. Really excited to have you. And Sean, sorry it didn't work out, but Dynasty is not for everyone. So I appreciate you if you listen to this for being proactive and upfront with the league not being for you. Yeah, it's it's it super fun just to think about all the hard work and the different pieces that you have to put into being a manager like this. And, and it's not just watching NFL football. It's you got to keep looking at your NCAA football and, and not just for this year, but for next year as well. Great, great point, Dan. And a great segue because one of the things, um, we haven't had the listener question you know very often, but one of the, um, I guess, points that have been made to a few of us um, as kind of suggestions for resources and what we like to use for our dynasty um, information and just how we learn and kind of val- or you know read and you know absorb different information and apply that into the dynasty league. Um, you know whether this is for Armin guys or just anyone else in the league. What are some tools or resources that you guys think are kind of invaluable in your dynasty experience? So with me at least with my job 
I look at spreadsheets about nine hours a day. So I'm big on podcasts. Sure. Um, the main Dynasty podcast I do is Dynasty Nerds. Um, they do one free episode a week, and then they have one episode a week behind a paywall. I think it's like three bucks a month, so it isn't bad. They also have rankings, and they also produce um, video clips for the top, I think, 200 prospects coming mm. into the draft each year. So that's a great resource I use. Um, Out of curiosity, um, do you pay for the paywall? Do you think it's worthwhile? I do. Is um, it worthwhile? I think so. I like the extra episode. I like their rankings. And they just added these, um, I guess, prospect videos, I think, two weeks ago, oh, three okay. weeks ago. And they're pretty fantastic. I'm a huge fan. That's awesome. Um, and then for kind of start-sit decisions, not so much Dynasty, but, you know, year-to-year um, fantasy footballers. I, they're probably the biggest fantasy football podcast out there, I'd say. They're kind of comedy, but they also do have some great information. The three of them are usually in the top 10 to 20 in predictions every year. Um, so they're great for kind of a year-to-year basis rather than long-term look all the time. Oh, yeah. I'm not a huge podcast guy, so I can't really add anything with that. Dan, do you? are there any podcasts that you really enjoy and utilize for this? So I don't do too much of the podcast piece to it. I, I When I drive to and from work, I sit down and I listen to fantasy football radio on my Sirius XM subscription. So I spend a lot of time listening to part of those, but I, I get most of my information through Google. I spend a lot of time um, going through and looking at contracts, looking at matchups, looking at defensive situations, and I do a lot of the research myself. And it gives me uh, the ability to fill my my void with being single and you know only having you eleven other guys as my friends. Um, so it gives me it gives me a lot of the the abilities to do my own research. But it's it's very tedious. It's it's and working in retail, um, we get to watch a little bit of the football and everything like that on Saturdays. So I get to see some potential talent. But as far as you know, my backbone of information, it's off fantasy talk radio and those different pieces and then um just talking amongst my peers and other people that play fantasy football not necessarily from a dynasty impact but to validate and check my opinions and concerns with specific players sure um i think for me some of the stuff that i really like to do is um kind of like the community source stuff since i think you get like kind of the the feel for the pulse like hearing other people talk like kind of what dan mentioned so i'm a big fan of reddit i think the dynasty subreddit and even the fantasy subreddit to an extent um of course it's not perfect um it can reddit can be very hive mindy and um they can be not great yeah but I mean, every, can everybody's, be... everybody's got opinions and it's just yes you know yeah. shit stinks less than others their right. hive mind gets scary they had dante pettis crowned as the second coming i was so high on him just from following it and then that just shit on me yeah i mean like dan said though every site i'm sure dynasty nerds and fantasy footballers and oh yeah their these other sites have their baker have mayfield guy. is unrivaled and let me tell you it's not paying off <laughs> but i mean the, the point- Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, the other fun part is you obviously get to have your opinions on players and players that you value higher than that or teams that you value more than that. And those obviously are going to play a huge piece into the the ones that you like. And it's how much emotion do you leave into to all your decisions. And, I, again, I think it's a fun piece to, to see how everybody values and views those aspects. Yeah, I would agree with that. 
Um, I think another thing that I like um, for my rinks, I mean, I use like a few things. I love, I mean, I kind of try to get everything and kind of make the best decision that I think uh, go with my gut. But Fantasy Pros is great because it's a nice aggregate source of um, information um, in terms of multiple experts. I, I think the Dynasty Nerd people are on there and, you know, you can sort by various experts in terms of by ranks, you know, they have all the top ones on here, or you can sort by the time frame for them. Um, so it can just be a nice, you know, aggregate resource. Um, another thing that I like is kind of the next gen stats. Um, NFL next gen stats doc, or excuse me, next gen stats .nfl.com, um, can be a nice one for um, particularly wide receivers. I really like it because they show stuff like targeted air yards and share of air yards. Um, and I think that can be a good indicator of potential, um, basically, um, a tr uh, not a trend, but what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it it's, can a, help. it's a new way of looking at things. It's just like I look at red zone targets, opportunities that a guy's going to score. It's just another statistic that you can use to make a valuable decision. Yeah, I think it's like a little bit more of like advanced than just targets because it can show like kind of how the teams utilize it and like the depth of targets can be so valuable for um, showing what some of these players can do um, because at the end of the day if you're targeted deep eventually the wide receiver or the coach or blah, 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 the quarterback is going to hit the wide receiver and you know they'll have some big yards so that's a real good one um, another thing I mean what about stuff like Twitter or Instagram or Facebook I mean are there any followers that you guys like to use for so, those type of things besides podcasts so i have my two main podcasts but twitter is probably my biggest crutch yeah um it can be fickle people can tweet anything but there's probably three main follows i use so one is jj zacharyson he's at late round quarterback he every week will t uh, tweet um stats so uh, just for a glimpse the last one he did he tweeted out today it's how many fantasy points per per game each team is allowing above expectations per each position so arizona leads the league in letting up points to quarterbacks and tight ends and it just breaks down literally any stat you can imagine and he does this weekly um, my favorite one is he does targets allowed versus air yards allowed i'm a big proponent on air yards mm -hmm. getting the next gen stats but he breaks down every next-gen stat weekly, color-coordinated graphs for what teams are plush matchups, what teams aren't. Um, another big one I love is Kyle Yates. He's a writer for the fantasy footballers, also for the fantasy pros. Um, he's great articles. He does Dynasty and Year stuff, so I love him. Um, I follow the, all the guys from Dynasty Nerds, big fan there. And then my third main crutch for during the season is probably um, David J. David J. J. Chow um, at Pro Football Doc. Oh, yeah. He breaks down every injury, any injury, during halftimes of each set of games. He goes live streaming and talks about any injury. His accuracy is unbelievable. I don't know how, but he is amazing. And then another great one for the off-season or for spring training, um, training camp, not baseball, training camp, is NFL Beat Writers. It's at 32 Beat Writers. It's literally 
every team's beat writers in one Twitter follow. So you can hear about who's breaking mm -hmm. out, who's having great camps, and who's not. Um, that one I really like, especially come draft season and redrafts. So with those are my main follows, and then I just follow random people I like, like the three guys from the footballers. They'll tweet out injuries, and they do a, a live periscope, YouTube, whatever, an hour before every kickoff, and talk about start sits, injuries, pickups, pivots to who's hurt or who has a good matchup. So just kind of all that stuff. Yeah, I think you said a lot of great followers for Twitter. I'm a big Twitter user as well. And another one that I like is at Rosterwatch. Um, it's kind of similar to the beat writer ones in that it's like kind of an aggregate of just basically retweeting like a lot of just general sources, but it's pretty helpful having that all in one spot than having to follow 50 different guys. Yeah, um, so I'm gonna I'll venture off part of this. So I, sure. Schefter obviously is is a big one for me. I mean that's a that's a guy that you can that's look a Mount at. Rushmore. Yeah, I mean, and he takes care of a lot of the early stuff that that you need to worry about um, during the trade time and everything like that. I like this guy called Incarcerated Bob. I know he had a couple uh, couple weird ones that came out there, but this guy's been historically accurate. Um, for as much as as he takes some flack for it, um, but I think he's a guy that I that I really like to follow. And then, um, oh my God, I just blanked on the other one. It's it's the other Yates kid. Oh, Field Yates. Yeah, yeah, Field Yates. That's that's the other one. I really like his stuff. I like his outlook on a lot of things. Um, so those are kind of the guys that I follow outside of, you know, some of the other guys there. What about? Um... Obviously, one of the biggest things in Dynasty Leagues are trades um, and the art of creating a trade, forming a trade and accepting a trade are complex, tiresome and can take days, weeks, maybe even months to finally iron out. Uh, is there any like tools that you guys use for evaluating a trade, creating a trade, you know, justifying trades with people? What's... Is it so, a simple thing as a trade calculator? What kind I of... do use a trade calculator. That's probably my biggest resource. It's Dynasty Trade Calculator. It's got you know league size, scoring options, so PPR, half PPR, and then league format, so standard, super flex, 2QB, tight end premium, running back, prepare, carry, and Devi. So it covers a huge spectrum. Um, again, do you take trade calculators with a grain of salt? Yeah. You know, they're you got to go with how you feel, but they give you at least a base to start. Um, besides that, I usually I'd probably go Dynasty Nerds and their evaluation. They've been pretty spot on with a lot lately that I wish I could have pulled triggers on. Um, but they've been really good. You know, you just got to find a few analysts you like. And most podcasts I listen to talk about the trades, the art of the trades. Um, I think they actually had a podcast maybe last month about the art of the trade on like adding pieces that look good but maybe are inconsequential in the end. Um, so it's just kind of throw a wide net and hope something sticks, but those have stuck for me. Yeah, I use the same calculator Nick uses basically because, it's, you know, I just need to give Nick a little money because I have his logins and it's a little bit more fun that way. Um, but a lot of it, too, is collaboration. It's talking through pieces. It's doing your own research and where you value heart versus head. 
um, for me. So I, I won't necessarily use a lot of additional resources, but I, I will also probably be one of the more people, one of the first people that will make a smaller amount of trades as it goes through, but am not afraid to pull the trigger when I think mentally that it's a good move. Yeah, I use a different trade calculator. I like this one called Dynasty Dominator. It's nice. It has a filter for super flex leagues and also for tight end premium leagues. Um, it's not perfect, though. Obviously, no trade calculator is. Um, I'm also just, at the end of the day, a big fan of using, um, going back to Fantasy Pros, using like their Fantasy, or excuse me, their Dynasty rankings. Um, again, just because this is an aggregate of a lot of experts in the league, um, and you can kind of filter with who you want to see or when they last updated these rankings. It's nice to just get a pulse on, oh, you know, let's say Christian McCaffrey's the number one overall player on this. He's obviously got a lot of value. Or, he's, pretty, he's pretty good. You know, Evan Ingram is 49 on this list. But, oh, wait, it's not a tight end premium, you know, based scoring or tight end premium, you know, based uh, list. So you got to keep that in mind. So there's all these different variables that you have to consider with anything. But... Um, that's, you know, one of my big things that I do when I evaluate any trades, just seeing where the experts have some of these guys ranked and how it stacks up with some of the other positions. Um, any other just resources or guides before we sort of move on? I wouldn't call it a resource or a guide, but nothing ever hurts to have communication. Um, when talking with people and trying to iron out the best possible trade scenario. Not everything, like you said, happens within 10, 15 seconds, not even 10, 15 minutes. It's a couple pieces on end, but never burning your bridge with somebody is always a good choice as well. Yes, 100%. You don't want to burn bridges. And, you know, it's also important to be, you know, open and honest. You know, if someone is rushing to get a deal done, it's probably an indication that, the trade maybe might not be in the other party's best interest. Um, you can't rush these things. So if someone wants to, to take a night to sleep on it or explore other options, you got to respect that because at the end of the day, I'm sure you would want the same, you know, the same thing, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You would want the same thing returned in your favor for yourself um, and various moves that you might be doing. Yeah, I'll come in with one and but. Um, if your entire running back core gets gutted and you desperately need a running back, you need to trade fast. <laughs> Not speaking from experience or anything. Well, yes. And, and that's, I think, another thing off that is obviously we all can look at our teams right now. And I'm sure everyone, you know, if I ask you, Nike, would be like, oh, I'm weak at this spot, or oh, I'm not feeling comfortable at this spot, or blah, 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 blah. You could probably go down a litany of things to tell yourself about your team. But I think what can help you find trades and help you find different maneuvers is knowing how maybe the other team thinks, whether that's from talking about them or looking at their rosters and kind of evaluating their situations in terms of strengths, weaknesses, what looks good, what looks bad. Um, who's undervalued maybe and try to like gauge that either through conversations or again just looking at the roster and you know having an understanding with those things that can you know play great dividends and helping you succeed all right well let's pivot off that uh, to talk about a trade that actually happened just minutes before this podcast was recorded um, it looks like flash gordon and sauce completed a trade and the trade was Sauce sent Jordan Howard 
and Flash Gordon sent a 2020 second round draft pick from Flash Gordon. Thoughts? It's pretty even. You know, Steve is not quite mathematically eliminated yet, but, but he's not making close. the playoffs. Yeah. Um, so to sell a piece like Jordan Howard running back 20, so running back two to a team that's competing makes complete sense. Um, the round two grade, I like. I think it's a good spot for him, and I, I think it's a win-win. Yeah, I mean, when you think about the, the different pieces here, and I think I see a little bit behind what Stefan was trying to do here. So teams that are on bye in Week 12, Chiefs, Vikings, Cardinals, and Chargers. Stefan has Melvin Gordon on a bye. Uh, he still has Josh Jacobs there, which which doesn't there. Darwin Thompson goes on a bye. So he's got a couple of these other pieces, but he still has a Fournette. He still has a Melvin Gore, or has a Nick Chubb that he can go and turn to. I think this just gives him an additional option potentially for a matchup. And in Week 12, they play the Seahawks. Um, so, but variety is always good when it comes to a running back position, I believe. So I think it's a fair trade. I think it's a it's a pretty well-rounded trade, and it helps Steve coming up here in the next year. Yeah, I think it makes all the sense in the world for Steve. You know, that's pretty much the definition of the type of move he should be looking for. Um, For Stefan, I get it. I think, you know, at the end of the day, Nick, I'm sure you'll say it. You can never have too much running back depth. Um, But for Stefan, I mean, Jordan Howard, I think on paper, might potentially be his sixth best running back, maybe fifth. Um, So I guess I just wonder, is he actually going to start him? Um, you obviously hope not to, but I don't know if you necessarily needed to have that much security at a position you're already incredibly strong at. Security um, security, though. I mean, you've got to take a chance to make sure with the position he sits in the standings that you don't fuck yourself. And I think that's the oh shit moment that you can have to say that if that ever, heaven forbid, happens to me, we have a plan in place for plan C, albeit that it's taken care of. Yeah, I mean, I totally get that, but at the end of the day, Nick Chubb, Josh Gordon, Leonard Fournette, Melvin Gordon, Ronald Jones, Jamal Williams, Jordan Howard. That's ridiculously stacked, ridiculously awesome. But those are all 100% healthy backs at this point, which is rare. I don't know if I would have given up the second-round pick if I was Stefan, just looking at that core of a squad at running back, but, you know, that shoot or shoot and if you really want Jordan Howard I get it I guess I mean I guess the other flip side to part of this too is he only has to start two wide receivers and one tight end so he can stack as a running back position and if if matchups play into it and Howard has a a decent one where we don't think he's going to lose some some touches to Miles Sanders I I, you know yep shoot or shoot and you you hope that if you, you get it and he comes through with the week you play him well, yeah, didn't that's... Miles Sanders leave the the Bears game early or something with an injury? I thought he was injured or was battling something. I know he just had the bye week, but I don't know if that plays a part. Yeah, I know he was – I I heard that as well, but I don't think it was anything serious. I think the bye week uh, helped. and he sh- Okay. Last I heard, I, I think he's supposed to be fine, not miss any time or anything like that. Yeah, I don't see any news around him. Yeah, I mean, I guess the, another thing, too, I think Jordan Howard will be a free agent after this year. Um, I think he's in a very ideal situation in Philadelphia. 
So I wonder just, you know, what the future holds from him. All right, well, let's piggyback off a move Steve did and talk about his roster um, and how things are kind of looking as things wrap up the season and then into the future. Um, unfortunately, Steve had a bit of bad luck, uh, to say the least. He is, by my count, one, two, three, fourth highest scorer in the league. Uh, but unfortunately, he has only got 11 victory points in the DC division. And being seven behind Kevin and Adam, um, with only nine victory points left to be gained, uh, uh, Kevin and Adam actually play each other in week um, third. Excuse me, week eleven or twelve. Um, so basically, the odds of Kevin or of Adam. Wow, names are hard. Steve, like my mom and dad. Steve. The odds of Steve watching Adam or Kevin both get less than two victory points all while Steve gets exactly nine victory points, is slim to none. Um, Steve is basically eliminated from the playoff hunt. And with that, that obviously means potential rebuilding, which is what we saw with this Jordan Howard trade. Um, how do you guys sort of view Steve's roster just as a whole? Are there any clearing holes or concerns or things that you think he maybe needs to address or fine-tune um, to get back and potentially make the playoffs next year? So I guess looking at it at face value, um, he most likely is losing two quarterbacks. I don't see Case Keenum or Andy Dalton having a job next year. Or, I mean, and even Jameis Winston, I think, could be iffy. Yeah, I think Matt Ryan's like 100% Matt Ryan's solid. Lock. There's He's no solid. if, fans or buts. But the um, other ones, yeah, I'd agree. It's, they're yeah. wild cards. Then you look at running backs, um... Le'Veon Bell, you know, not having Darnold, I think, for that, what, four or five game run really hurt him. Yeah. But Bell is one of the best running backs in the league. He may have had an off year, new offense. Gase is an asshole and is atrocious for fantasy running backs. Look mm-hmm. at Miami. Um, but Bell, I think, will come to form in that offense. David Johnson's scary. He does not look to be himself. I don't think he's coming to form i think he's hit that peak and is on his way down maybe that's a piece you hopefully can unload to a com- someone competing but i don't even know as a competing team if i'd trade much for him with how his output has been recently his last three games two games played he had point two against the giants who are 23rd against the run and then he had a solid zero against the buccaneers and he actually played those games mm-hmm well, I guess he didn't really play the Giants game. He did yeah, one the, snap. Yeah, the, that game was And then shit. hurt, hurt. He started the year hot, and I don't know. Then you have he Chase Edmonds, though. He started the year though. amazingly. Yeah, he started great. He, I don't know if he's just been playing through something or what. He must be because he fell off a cliff. Like, that Buccaneers game, I don't know if you guys saw the highlight. Oh, that video that's like, circulating with him, like, jogging down the line to cut in. Yeah, it was god-awful. He looks so slow out there. He looks like an old man. Yeah, it's not a great look. Um, then you have Frank Gore. The guy's got to retire soon, right? Yeah. Chase Edmonds looks great, though. So he's got some good pieces here. Um, I'd say his only real bell cow back, though, is probably Bell, unless David Johnson finds the fountain of youth. Mm-hmm. Wide receivers. Shark really emerged. He looks fantastic. 
Um, I think he kind of did that level up. He could be in wide receiver one talks going forward. We don't know, but I really think he took a giant step this year. AJ Green sitting. I'm curious to see him with Foles. Yeah, that's the big thing. No, you're completely right. I mean, Shark looked amazing with Minshew. Does that translate to Foles? I. We'll see. Foles went to school. Where I went to school, I watched him all through college. It's. I don't think there's many quarterbacks that throw a prettier deep pass than him, and that's what Shark has been living on. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be a match made in heaven. But if your next-gen stats say Foles and the slot receiver are a happy marriage, so that could go wrong. A.J. Green not playing a single game this year killed him. It was supposed to be, what, four weeks, and we're in week 10? Yep. I don't know if he'll play a game this year. If I were him, I wouldn't. Play a game. No, he's not going to play. Yeah. His contract's up, I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah, he's, he's um, out, he's out the door sure. at the end of the year, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so you want to go for an 0-9 Bengals team and you're in a contract year mm-hmm. with a backup quarterback. Or I guess, yeah, I'm going to still call him back quarterback. He looked terrible. Ryan Finley. Yeah. yeah. And then you have Michael Thomas and Julio, just workhorses. He, my, I'm not even going to say might. He has the best wide receiver core in the league, especially if A.J. Green plays. And then he's got Kittle. Mm-hmm. Delaney Walker could be a nice piece to sell. Um, same with Mike Williams. I like Mike Williams a lot. I think it's a good building piece, but I certainly could see the merit in selling him to a computer. Um, he's got picks. He's got three second rounders, which is pretty solid. No first hurts, but I think with how deep this class is, he can certainly reload that running back core. So I think it's not going to be a quote-unquote rebuild. I think he just reloads. Yeah, I, so, I would agree with part of that. Uh, go ahead, Nick, I'll let you. No, no, finish your thoughts. I was going to kind of pivot real quick. I was, I was going to say, I mean, Green, 31-year-old, getting out of his contract. Michael Thomas is the greatest thing in the world. I think when you look at part of this, it's the quarterback position that he needs to address. I still think he has to address those areas in the running back position as he doesn't have anybody after Lev Bell. Um, and I think outside of George Kittle, his tight end position is really atrocious. But you've got to be a big, happy camper if you've got – those kind of wide receivers, DJ Chark, um, Michael Thomas, and Julio Jones. Yeah, you kind of took the words out of my mouth. I mean, I think for the quarterback position and running back position, those look to have the biggest question marks. Um, If you guys could prioritize, like, either an improvement, where would you like to maybe see or hope that Steve could maybe improve at, quarterback or running back? I mean, with Dynasty... I feel like quarterback, you're not going to do much without him, especially super flex. Mm -hmm. You have him for their career. Quarterbacks generally have the longest career, especially with the rules today and basically playing flag football with the quarterback, unless your name's Andrew Luck. Um, But quarterbacks have the longest career. Running backs have the shortest. Running backs, you can just reload. Quarterbacks are a lot harder. So I would say I would shore up that position first. Yeah, I would agree. I think addressing the quarterback situation takes care of a bigger future to you. Um, But we've also proven that you don't necessarily have to start two QBs to be successful. Um, And getting getting those early running backs and a guy like a like a Josh Jacobs that can step into an offense and take care of it uh, with a couple of these guys potentially coming out of college this year um, are super important. Uh, I don't 
think there's a, as large of a gap between the quarterback and running back position that needs to be reloaded on. But I still think, yes, quarterback takes the takes the top. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, unfortunately, it's, it's going to be a little bit of a waiting game. Or it could be a waiting game. Maybe Steve will want to jump on it. But Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston, um, who knows what the future brings with them. A part of me wonders, I mean, is Jameis, is Jameis Winston maybe a sell high? You know, right now, I think in this Tampa Bay offense for at least this year, I think he is pretty close to a quarterback one, but his future is a little bit murky um, with some teams being a little QB inept. Is that maybe a guy to consider moving or do you just have to ride or die with Jameis at this point? I mean, I, I think it's a sell high moment. I think there's value to Jameis Winston for contender the rest of this year uh, I think his future is very murky in Tampa Bay I think his murky future is very murky in general mm-hmm. yeah it's definitely tough I mean um, Bruce Arians I know continues to th- show support for him but is that coach speak or is that actually true that's coach speak you think I, 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 nobody wants to go out and say, yeah, our quarterback sucks. We can't wait to get rid of him next year. Hopefully he can still throw the ball to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin the rest of the year so he looks halfway decent. But we really don't actually have faith in him. But you just said the point. He is supporting the wide receiver two and three, I think. Let me mm-hmm. double check it real quick. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, one th- wide receiver so was... two and three in PPR. He is supporting both of them. So obviously he's putting up fantasy numbers not a great nfl quarterback let's just call him the reverse flacco that's, yeah that, i mean that's one a of the factually statement the one comparison i was going to make is i remember when carson palmer was in that bruce arians cardinals offense and the first year was just god awful and then that second year you know, at least for the start of the year like there was talk of him, carson palmer being an mvp candidate like he kind of turned the corner Carson Palmer and Jameis Winston are kind of similar-ish quarterbacks, actually, too, I feel. So I wonder if potentially it's more than coach speak, and Bruce Arians does think that maybe he could fix or, you know, they could turn the corner together. I don't know. Um, it's interesting, though. I think that's that Steve is probably at a crossroads with him because it could pay dividends if he sells him or if he rides and dies with him and it works out, but... Could blow up in his face. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I just pulled up the stats. So let's Carson's first year under Arians. Uh huh. Twenty-four touchdowns, twenty-two interceptions. Not great. Forty-two hundred yards. Not great. Second year, he played six games, eleven and three. Really fucking good. Then after that, he was thirty-five touchdowns, twenty-six touchdowns in the two full seasons he played. So you. And he put up career bests in yards per attempt, QBR, and net yards. So you're right. It very well could be a bad year. You know, first year, Winston, he's putting up a shit ton of interceptions. Yep. Turnovers in general. He's fumbling, too. Yeah, and that's given his Achilles, Achilles heel his entire career. And I think if Arians can rope that in, the sky's the limit. And I... I think they keep Jameis, but I think I could be in the minority. So if you were Steve, do you just roll the dice that he does become Carson Palmer 2.0 in this offense, or do you think he should abandon ship? If I get the right offer, I abandon ship, but I don't sell okay. low. I don't sell because I have to sell. 
I mean, it could blow up in your face, but if you're not getting a mid to high first, you're not getting a piece that replaces them. So this goes back to my theory on a lot of trades, I guess, that I'd rather have it blow up in my face than get something lesser than what I value him at just because I want to sell him. I think that's a very reasonable approach. All right, before we move on with Steve talk, if there's one player right now, you look at Steve's roster that has to be traded before the trade deadline in our league, who is it? Frank Gore. I don't know if he plays next year, and he's a solid running back. Dan? I would say Kenny Stills. Um, I think the upside in the Houston piece, I, I think it's a... It's a guy he can fetch another second-round pick for um, that I think can give him a little bit of value um, to, to build for the future with. Well, we're going three different players because I'm going to say Demarius Thomas. I think he's going to be viable the rest of this year, but I don't know if it's going to be something in the future for him. So I would look to cash in in this interesting Jets offense. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I could be talked into all three of those or all other two of those players easily like those are all great choices he's got a lot of those i'm competing i'm going to try and win now i mean you can tell he put up the fourth best points in our league he obviously is a team competing and he's got pieces that will help a competitor he just got dealt a shit hand and Mm -hmm. made some poor start sit decisions which suck (laughs) yeah that's very much so and i mean if we also want to talk about it Leonard Fournette trade did not age kindly for him. Um, that, you know, could have maybe turned the tides, but we'll yeah. revisit trades in a later point. I was going to yeah. say, I traded Aaron Jones. Piss off. Yeah. Um, I also think that we can all eat the shit sandwich on this one, as all three of us did pick Steve to make the playoffs this year. So at least when we look back at our initial predictions, all three of us go 0 for 1, or at least are on the verge of going 0 for 1. We're like the band members in the Titanic going down with the ship. We are going down with the Steve ship. Yep. Gentlemen, it's been an honor. Yep, and that one does have a very large hole that I don't think we're going to be able to patch. (laughs) All right, well, anything else before we move on for the matchups of the week? No. Good luck, Steve. I have one thing. It's going to be super random. Going forward... What would you prefer us do to bid on a free agent that perhaps might not be on MFL? As the commissioner, what do you think, or what would you prefer we do? For a player that's not an MFL, um, the policy has been player or team or blah. People reach out to me and tell me that a player is not an um, MFL and they want to bid. Um, at that point, if hypothetically I am bidding on a player that is not an MFL. I will let the person know that this player has already been created, or I will let the play. I will basically let's wow, words are hard. It's been one of those nights. Anyways, people will text me if there is a player that they want to bid on that is not available. At that point, I will say, please bid on Jay Cutler because no one wants to have Jay Cutler, and he will be treated as Colin Kaepernick or something like that. And in that situation, those teams, if they win Jay Cutler, 
I will then send out a message to everyone in the league that, oh, Jay Cutler is actually Colin Kaepernick, and someone wants to add him. Um, So that would be the situation. Okay. I just know it's something that I've had come up in my other dynasty league. We've had it come up in this league, and I think it's good for everyone to know just because, you know, maybe there's a trend of people leaving the league early, a la Andrew Luck, that maybe come back and will interest people. So. It's always a good thing to kind of have that resource for people to know what to do. Yeah, so basically just text me, and I'll confirm that the player isn't in MFL, and I will tell you a player to bid on if, you know, to substitute for him, and once he's created, I'll then add the real person to your roster. Um, If I'm bidding on him or already interested in him, I will, you know, just be upfront and let people know that I am interested you know it kind of fucks me as a commissioner but i gotta you know be unbiased and let people know yeah Um, i'll I'll back on that i mean obviously with the three of us we talk quite a bit with part of this there's communication at all times between the three of us at least from an operational standpoint as to things we need to be aware of and conversations typically happen well ahead of what they happen as you guys listen to it now yeah 100%. Um, All right. Well, let's, I feel like, move on uh, to the matchups for the week. And this week, the matchups are actually kind of juicy. Outside of the first matchup that we're going to talk about, there is a lot at stake for each of these matchups in terms of playoffs or playoff positioning. Um, And it's going to really come down to the wire, some of these races, as the season winds down. Um, So let's start off with the first matchup that really has no impact i think on the season um and that would be american psycho versus sauce sam versus steve anyone want the honors (laughs) yeah this this always this always turns into one of those fun entertaining ones as we go through and pick as i have my really fancy uh spreadsheet out here where i just get to type sauce three times yeah it's it's gonna be sauce Um, vegas lines 51 it should be a massacre it should be. I mean, Steve, again, he's technically, by the smallest of chances, still alive. This is, a great way to, this is a great way to start the run, though. Yes, but he needs to get all three points this week, and Kevin or Adam need to get less than two points this week. Good luck. All right, yeah, um, so now we're... Let's to Kevin's matchup, then. Yeah, now we're in the juicy matchups. All these matchups will have some sort of things at stake, and yeah, we'll continue with Kevin. Um, this is a must-win for Kevin. He's currently in the playoffs, but tied with Adam for the third seed, and he's going up against Armand. This is tearing up the ACL versus Tankin' for Tua. Tankin' for Tua. It's like suck for luck from many years ago. We appreciate that. You gotta embrace it. Is Tua the QB one though? I mean, it's another show, but I that, don't know anymore. <laughs> I feel like we'll probably have another one-off at some point and do a. 2020 first round draft just for fun but yeah joe burrow tua that'll be a fun debate anyways this matchup i'm gonna lean kevin um although fun fact my only loss is against the roster of tanking for tua so that possibility exists however i think stafford plays and if stafford plays galladay and Oh, fuck. Marvin Jones, go off. They're going to have a redemption from last week, and Stafford's going to prove that he still is a stud. So I'm going to lean Kevin. I 
the Marvin Jones piece. Uh, uh, Dan Darnold's got a, a decent matchup. I'm not going to get all fucking nuts like Ruth does when we start talking about a Pac-12 quarterback. But uh, the guy I really like also is DJ Moore playing playing Atlanta. That Atlanta offense, for as much as they stood up against New Orleans last week, uh, is a sieve in the in the secondary. So I'll, uh, I like Kevin. Yeah, I like Kevin too, but Kevin is low-key, or not even low-key, real-key in bi-week hell. Uh, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Derrick Henry, and Sterling Shepard all on buys this week. So And Devontae Freeman is probably going to be out. Yep, I was going to add, is, he's also down on running back one. And Ty Johnson, I think, was still in concussion protocol. Like This is a real, real dicey week for Kevin, and... Again, it should be a gimme against tanking for two on this roster, but it might not be. And Kevin really needs a win, so this will be something to monitor. I'm just curious because because uh, I'll be this guy. So the the Vegas line right now has it at 38 points. If I gave you Tua and 30 points, would you change your pick? Uh, I'd take yeah. Tua. I take Tua for sure. So it's inside of 30. Here we go. <laughs> All right, then let's go. And John to... Cena makes an appearance. <laughs> he hasn't changed that. Um, all right, well, let's go to the next matchup while my eardrums recover. And let's go with Zane versus Chris. Um, again, Zane needs a matchup. Right now, he is two points behind Jerry for the third spot in the Marvel division. And Chris is, well, Cold Steel and Sunshine, he made an interesting trade. He's clearly building for the future. And. This looks pretty favorable for Zane, but how do you guys see it? Yeah, it's pretty favorable for Zane. Um, I'm going to certainly lean Zane. The matchup with, I think, Lamar Jackson, you couldn't really ask for much more. And I think he takes it just on that. Dude, you want to talk about a team going through bye week hell? Aaron Rodgers, Tyler Lockett, Josh Gordon, Darius Slayton, Rhett Ellison, Evan Ingram. Holy shit. That's mm-hmm. a rough one. Um, I'm going to say Zane doesn't get it here. I'm going to take Cold Steel and Sunshine. Uh, I like Garoppolo against Arizona. Todd Gurley's going to have a rough matchup against Chicago here. Tevin Coleman again against Arizona, I think, is a real fun one. Um, the question becomes is, is you look at, you got to start Ted Ginn Jr., and Danny Amendola has really come on late here. Um, I'm I'm gonna take the upset here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, Cold Steel and Sunshine. I like it. If Cold Steel and Sunshine had Lamar, I would be taking him easily. But Lamar's the difference maker, and I'm gonna go with Zane this week. I think he gets it done. All right, and the next matchup: Jer versus Stefan. Um, a lot at stake for this. I mean. Jer's hanging on by a thread in the playoffs in the Marvel division, and Stefan is right smack dab in the middle in the DC division. He's very close to a bye, but he's also a bad week away from being out of the playoffs. How are we feeling about this one? So my initial idea or thought, if Brissett plays, he wins because Mac gets up, Zach, Mac gets a boost, Pascal gets a boost, Doyle gets a boost. If Brissett doesn't play, he loses. I think it's going to be that close. Um, Jer has a, some amazing matchups. Kyle Allen against that uh, Falcons defense, as Dan said, Siv. 
that he's mm-hmm. going to put up monster numbers. Zeke gets one of the worst running defenses in the league in the Lions. I he's just got such beautiful matchups that I think if Brissett plays, it puts him over the edge. Um, it, Jerry's got bye week hell again too here. Uh, Aaron Jones, DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, the the two guys from from Green Bay, and then another tight end there. Um, Stefan's got a, a couple favorable ones um, here. I'm going to take Stefan as part of it. Ruth, just to confirm, who are you taking? Because I've got the. If Brissett plays, I'm taking three blind mice. If Brissett doesn't play, I'm taking Flash. I really feel Brissett puts Jer that much over. So much of his team hinges on him. Hmm. It's a very tough one. I. It doesn't matter who plays. I think I'm going to take Flash Gordon, but I think the Vegas gods are disrespecting Jer immensely here. I don't see this spread as the second highest in the league at 40 points. I think it'll be much, much closer than that. All right. Well, that brings us then to the match for the week. And nope, you two missed teams. One. You missed one. You missed you. Oh. Let's talk about you, Nick. Let's talk about oh, you and Franchise 12. Good good point. Again, another matchup at stake, very similar to the last one. Um, I am pretty close to being in the playoffs, but come or nipping at Nick's heels for the buy-in the Marvel division. And Adam right now is on the outside looking in. He's tied with Kevin, but due to tiebreakers, he would be out of the playoffs if it started today. Um, both of us need a win. Um, how are you guys feeling about this one? I'll start then. Nick hesitated. Uh, Kyler Murray against San Francisco is going to be extremely interesting here. Brady's got a nice matchup against Philly. Mahomes has a great matchup against uh, the Chargers. Where I think I I lose it is is a little bit after that. Um, Jalen Samuels is going to hinge on whether or not James Conner can come back on Thursday night, which I believe he's going to, and I don't like Thursday night games. Um, so I think this plays a part into that because, fun fact, Nick, you have James Conner. I do. Um, and all signs look like he's going to be doing it. I I like you in this matchup. I think it's going to be a lot closer than it should be. Um, Nick, you don't have great matchups this week. And if, no. Cook, or if Conner doesn't play, then you're really in a bind. But like we said, everything's pointing him to play. So that should help you immensely. Um, I think, at least looking at it, if I was franchise 12, there's a few tweaks I'd do, especially with running backs. He's got some fringe, flex-worthy running backs that I think could put up big numbers. Um, Kareem Hunt looked great in his first game back. I think that could be a big dynamic, especially going against the Steelers team. Checkdowns could be huge with how their pass rush is. Um, I'm going to give the edge to you. But I think if Franchise 12 does a few tweaks, I could smell an upset. But I'm going to lean you. Yeah, I mean, I I did want to talk about Kareem Hunt. It was very interesting how um, the inept Freddie Kitchens managed to successfully utilize both those running backs. Um, It was a thing of beauty seeing Chubb and them in there together, Um, minus the part when they got within, like, the five-yard line. But that team was 
those two running backs were on fire. So it's, it'll be interesting to see if um, Kareem Hunt can be just kind of a, a set-and-forget guy. Um, I know Adam doesn't currently have him in. Um, I don't I don't know. That's interesting. I'm, I might start him. I'm going to obviously take me because I'm an ignorant, cocky asshole. So we'll see how that works out for me. Hopefully I win. Now I can go to the match of the week. Um, again, this is right now. It's the top two teams in each division: Mr. Dan Weber and Nick Ruth. Both teams would theoretically have a bye. This could be a Super Bowl preview. Um, this game obviously has a lot of effects because only one of you are going to get two points. Both of you are in a dogfight. Dan more so for not only a bye but also just making the playoffs. This is Island of Misfit Toys versus Captain Mayfield. Um, so I guess I'll break it down since I'm sure no one, neither of you want to talk about it to start. And I think it, the first cursory look is this is actually a very close matchup. Um, let's pull up this real quickly while I ramble for a second. So let's start with Mr. Ruth. And the first thing I like to look at is if there's any bye week hell issues. And for Nick this week, the only bye week that is actually just game-changing awful is that Eli Manning. No, I'm just kidding. Nick has no buy issues at all. Um, as far as matchups go, not a lot of great matchups. I mean, Devin Singletary against Buffalo is something to monitor. Um, we've seen Singletary's workload kind of increase, and he's getting a lot of carries and production in that role, um, and he's being electric, and this is a very juicy matchup against Miami. Um, but is this like a Frank Gore revenge game and the Buffalo Bills do something weird to get him more involved? I don't know. Um, I also really like Keenan Allen against the Chiefs. I feel like Keenan Allen just always has a great game against the Chiefs. And it's getting to winter season, which is like Keenan Allen's kind of time. So I think maybe he's going to show up and, you know, take things to the next level. On the same time, I'm kind of worried about Mike Evans against the Saints. Um, historically, that has, I feel like, not been the best matchup for Mike Evans. So just something to watch. That'll be a bad matchup for Mike Evans and Nick's team. Uh, when we go over to Dan's team and look at the buys this week, um, we, again, not many awful buy situations. Tajay Sharp, basically nobody. This is a pretty clean week for both guys. No um, unfortunate, you know, headache decisions. Um, and Dan, you know, we're going to start off with Josh Allen against the Dolphins. Dan, I need your thoughts. Is he getting 300 yards this week? Yes God, or no? God, yeah. I, please, dear Christ, if I'm going to okay. fucking pot commit on Cutting anything, please let it happen. <laughs> All to John Brown. <laughs> well, I, no, think, but... I think that brings up the interesting point. I'll cut you off for a second here. Yeah. Josh Allen to John Brown offsets part of that. Dak Prescott to Michael Gallup offsets part of that. So each of us are have a have almost a handcuff to the other guy. Unfortunately, my guy's the number two in that offense, whereas John Brown's the number one. So I think that's a that's an interesting yeah. piece to part of it. Yeah, I think for me, like one of the things that just stick out right away is Dan's quarterbacks and the matchups they have. Josh Allen against the Dolphins and Drew Brees against Tampa Bay. That is two pretty juicy matchups. It's not great, Bob. Yeah. And, I mean, Christian McCaffrey against Atlanta. Again, that's pretty juicy. Um, the one bold thing, and Dan, I'll let you kind of chime in, Darius Geis. Right now you're scheduled to start him. Yep. 
it's a it's an interesting piece so one of the worst and unfortunate things that has happened to me is the number one the number one tight end as predicted early in the that's one of the very few predictions i actually got right in austin hooper looks like he's going to be out for the next four to six weeks um as he's as he tries to recover from an mcl sprain Mm -hmm. this is an interesting piece to me this could be a very ballsy play for me for darius guys there are i mean Obviously, I've got Jarvis Landry that's sitting down there. I have Adam Thielen with a questionable tag. There's upgraded availabilities that I have mm-hmm. pending some health status, but at the moment, I'm going to pencil him in here. And just like I, just like Nick and I had talked about, there's going to be probably seven or eight different lineup changes between oh, sure. now and Thursday night, and then even more between Thursday, Friday morning, and when we kick off on Sunday. Um, but yes, it's, it's something that is very interesting and concerning at the same time. Yeah, and I didn't even mention him, but Julian Edelman against that deplorable Eagles secondary. Um, I'm going to give the edge to Dan purely because of some just real juicy matchups. But again, these two teams are the top two teams right now for a reason, and it's going to be a very, very close game. I do think it will be decided by the right starter configurations. You guys both have a talented starting lineup, but also a talented bench. So I think fine-tuning and maximizing that output is going to be key here. I'll go with Dan, but it'll be close. Yeah, this is this is going to be fun. And, and Ruth and I obviously will be talking quite a bit, seeing as I'm staying at his house this weekend for, <laughs> for a vacation. So there will be a lot of interesting shit-talking that will be happening in person. I think this, this matchup comes down to where is, does Dak distribute his ball versus going to – going to Amari Cooper versus Michael Gallup versus Jason Witten. Obviously, Nick has another one of those pieces, but this all does come down, I think, to the Keenan Allen one. If Keenan, Keenan Allen has a sweatshirt on with a hood out the back, my sh- my fucking – the hair on my arm sticks up. Oh, it's fucking not fun. Um, yeah. I'm going to take myself in an arrogant move like yourself, sir, but I would be a liar or a bullshitter if I said I felt really good about making that pick. Nick's going to reverse jinx it. No, I'm going to take Yeah, I am going to take Dan just because his matchups are so freaking juicy. Mm-hmm. His quarterbacks, you couldn't ask for better matchups. McCaffrey, couldn't ask for better matchup. Um, the Tyler Boyd situation, uh, last I heard, he's not playing. But yep. it's up in the air. Um, he certainly has the bench to replenish or put in, so... That doesn't hurt him too much. Um, I think he just has so much better matchups than me that I'm going to lean him. Um, the wide, My wide receivers, though, they have potential to put up 40. They've done it a few times. So if they can have a big game, I like my odds. But I'm going to lean Dan just because his quarterback matchups and McCaffrey are so juicy. So before we move on, there's a few just quick questions when I ask both of you. Nick, did you give Damian Williams, first of all, how are you feeling about him? He's kind of re has he reemerged in your eyes or is he a comfortable start or he is an actual comfortable start this week for me. Um last week um McCoy was a healthy scratch, which is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And if you told me that a few weeks ago I would have never bought it. Um he looks really involved in the offense and the Chargers have a great pass defense. Sure, Mahomes 
is Mahomes, and he'll make any pass defense look bad. But the Chargers are bad against the run. Andy Reid's a smart coach. I really like the Damian Williams play this week. So, yeah, I've thought about it. Um, my biggest one is actually Joe Mixon. I don't know what to do with him. He's got a bad-ish matchup. Raiders top 10 against the run. And McLaurin, Curtis Samuel have been those two I'm going back and forth with. I'll probably take them in and put them out probably three or four more times before the weekend. So we'll see what I go with. Um, I just think McLaurin takes such a big hit with Haskins until Haskins finds his feet that I Joe Mixon touched the ball 34 times last week. I got to go with the opportunity. Oh, absolutely. Well, I, I didn't mean to give too many questions, but I'm actually curious about another one. Um, Darren Fells, he's been, I feel like, way better than anyone in their right mind would have expected, you know, six weeks ago. Any consideration to him? It sounds like no, since he wasn't mentioned, but yeah, he's been... my tight end situation's not great. I lost Herndon mm-hmm. most likely for the year, so he had one catch for two, seven yards on the season. That's exciting. Um... And for some reason, I've been really good at start sits. I sat Witten last week for Ebron. Um, that one I'm going back and forth with, too. Um, mm-hmm. I think if, oh, T.Y. Hilton sits and their other wide receiver sits, Paris Campbell, I want to say, I might roll it with Ebron yeah. again. Ebron had 15 targets last week, which is absurd, even though Hoyer targets suck. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, Fells. Ebron and Witten, again, is in that roulette reel for me that I'm going to go siphoning through. Right now I'm landing Witten. I like his matchup. The Lions' defense is atrocious, so we'll see. But, yeah, you're right. That three rotation is rough right now for me. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not even rough, though, because, I mean, I feel like, like you said, they're all probably not tight end ones, but they're kind of all on the fringe. And if you play the right matchups, you can get decent to good results, I feel like, with them. Um, for the record, I would probably go with Ebron, but we will see what happens. Um, yeah, that one depends that... on health for me. If those yeah, two are for out, sure. for sure. Yeah, I think when you look at the, the fun fact, will come down to lineup matching. You know, I, mm-hmm. when you look at Nick's, Nick's hit 80% uh, efficiency rating as far as the amount of points he's actually scored versus what his ideal lineup setting is. And setting it 80% of the time for your best lineup is pretty impressive. Um, I'm just ever so slightly higher in that list, but it's all comes down to a crapshoot and where you had your bets on and who you think is going to have the, the breakout game. All right. Any last-minute things before we end this week's podcast? No, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun time. I'm enjoying spending the uh, the the weekend at the at the Ruth household and seeing you guys a little bit more in person. So yeah, no, it's a fun time. Uh, actually, real quick before we end it, I want to do it the next few weeks until it's decided. Playoffs for the Marvel division. Who's getting the third seat? Jer or Jerry or Zane? I'll start with you, Nick. Lamar Jackson makes me lean Zane. I think he's made. A big push for it. Um, Perfect. Yep. Uh, Dan, who are you taking? I like Jerry's running backs. I think Jerry makes it. All right. I'm going to take Zane. 
And let's go to the GC division. Um, it's a four-team race. Who's the odd man out between Dan, Stefan, Adam, and Kevin? Nick, who you got? I'm going to say Adam's out. I'm yeah. going to take Adam as well. Dan? Yeah, it breaks my heart, but I think Adam's out as well. All right. Well, we'll see how it looks after this week because each week it seems like we're so far off with matchups and picks. And who knows, Adam, maybe you'll be the front runner for, the, for a bye after next week. Anyways, you guys all have a great rest of your week, and we will be back next week with another episode. Talk to you all soon. Have a good night or day Bye. whenever you listen. See ya. <laughs>